Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show. That's right, boys. Daddy's home. Jeff Shannon back along with David Van Boglen and Ryan Dempsey. Hello, Thank gentlemen. You I missed you. Yeah, it's good. It's good to be back. You, you, you boys took it easy on me a little last week. I expected some more cheap shots than what I received, so it's pleasantly surprised. That's a guy when he's down. Well, you know, I was down too. I was not even able to get out of bed, let alone walk around. So, but uh, yeah, I, before we even get into it, I just want to point out that I thought you guys both did a great job holding it down last week. Ah, uh, thank you. And by you guys, you I actually much. mean I mean Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that I was looking at iTunes, and we are now the number one ranked podcast that is recorded out of Muskegon with a member from Kitchener on the show. AKA the only podcast recorded out of Muskegon <laughs> yeah. with a member of Kitchen, from hey, Kitchener on the show. Yeah, so we're be number one. We are number one, baby. Yes. We've topped the charts. <laughs> we will. We will take that. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're back to uh, to break down UFC Fight Night. Lineker versus Dotson that you guys did the preview for last week. And also give a little preview for the upcoming UFC 204 this Saturday night where Michael Bisbing will be set to make his first 185 title defense against Dan Hendo Henderson. We also got a bit of quite a bit of news actually. So uh let's uh let's just get right into it, man. Uh Main event last week, we had a, uh, a five-round decision as John Lineker went on to defeat John Dodson. Uh, I didn't necessarily agree with the decision. Uh, I know I don't think I'm alone in this panel of feeling like uh, John Dodson got robbed of that decision. Lineker put on a good performance, but I definitely didn't think he deserved the win. Uh, Ryan? Yeah, no, I, I uh, yeah, well, I watched it a couple times. Uh, the, like, Lineker just always looks to be going for that power punch knockout. He, uh, he, he looks good in this fight for being over, over the the weight limit. <laughs> um, Dodson looked on point. Probably one of like the, it, it he always seems when he you know, when he, he can't get better, he just looks a little bit better each time you see him. Uh, I had it uh, at four rounds to one. Um, Don't you mean but four I rounds see it to two? Three to two, like you guys had said. Um, but they, there was nothing that I saw where I would say that Lineker took more rounds. Like Dod- Dodson, you go back and you look at the statistics in there. He threw something like a hundred plus less punches and still managed to land more than Lineker. Um, he didn't look hurt really to me. Like at any point where. You could you could argue like maybe a round was close and you would you could swing it to Lineker. Uh, I think it was just another like just another bad uh, judging performance. I, I agree. Um, one thing I was impressed with, and then I'll hand it off to you, Dave. With with Lineker was uh, going into this fight with his striking style and how hard and heavy he throws every punch. I was really unsure of how he was going to do with making contact with a guy like John Dodson, who's very elusive. Um, and, and I thought he did a fairly good job of being able to, to when he got in there in the exchanges, to make contact with Dodson, which I, I, what I really didn't think he was going to be able to do. I didn't think he was going to touch him. So, uh, Dave? Um, something that I thought that might happen to Dodson, I mean, he's... Fought 35 before, but 
I thought we might see maybe a half step back in, in speed. Yeah. Because, you know, you put on 10 more pounds, you, right. know, you might lose a little bit. But I didn't right. see that. No. I didn't see that at all. I, I think his, his speed and his, his precision is what kind of locked it down. Ryan uh, mentioned this just a, a minute ago, is the fact that he swung 140 times less and still connected, you know, 10 times more. One thing that you got to take away from it is... Um, Lineker did stuff six takedowns. Yeah. You know, if, if Dotson right. could have gotten that to the ground and scored some of those take-it-to-the-ground points in a decision, we might be looking at a different story. Right. Um, myself, I think the only round that was remotely close to being uh, could have gone either way was probably three. Yep. And, you know, but other than that... Uh, even if you did give that one to Lineker, I still gave Dodson one, two, and five. I believe it was, or it was uh, two, four, and five. I, yeah. I, I forget exactly what uh, what it was, but um, I don't see how I, I don't agree with uh, the judges giving this one to Lineker. Um, I thought I think he threw a lot of shots that just did not. They were pointless strikes. Right. To, too much time to try to gauge distance and speed, and he wasn't keeping up with Dodson. Dodson's way too fast. Not many uh, can keep up with no, Dodson, though. No, but um, even, even Mike Nemo's had some trouble with that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Dodson's Dodson's speed is incredible. And the other thing that I was really uh, is, is that his power translated too, because Dodson was a little bit of a bigger twenty-five pounder. You know, obviously coming dropping down from thirty-five. And, and he was known for his power. You know, he was one of the only guys to be able to score a knockdown on Muddy Mouse with, with strikes and things right, like that. Yeah. And he still brought that power. Lineker's got a chin. Very much Holy, so. I mean, and we knew yeah, that before, but holy shit, that yeah. kick he took in the first round. Yeah. Square. Not just hands of stone, he's got a chin, chin and granite. And it, you know what? The other thing, his cardio really impressed me in this fight. For him to still have the gas... And, and be able to throw high volume strikes. I mean, throwing over three hundred and twenty three strikes in a five round fight, yeah. and and still yeah. had the gas. He probably could have gone another round. That mystery sixth round that Ryan saw in Canada. That. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you guys didn't so get that one. What's so, that? It, 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 it was a best of seven round. Uh-huh. After Dodson won the fourth round or won his fourth round, it was a four to two decision. Oh, okay, so, so it was a sudden sudden victory round. Chance, it didn't have a chance to go to the seventh and well, decide to sleep round. Me, <laughs> <laughs> so we we all kind of are in agreement that uh, Dodson should have gotten this win, and you know, but what do you do? You leave it in the hands of the judges. These things happen. Yeah, These do it. happen. So now the the thing, and I brought this up to you guys earlier, is. The 135 division just got a little bit murkier at the top now because you had the number three guy sitting there, picked up a yep. big big win over a title contender in both weight classes at 25 and 35. And granted, this he missed weight, missed weight by a half a pound. First time he's missed weight at 135. Four times at 125, sure. But Lineker has been on a winning streak of four. This one was his fifth in a row since he's come up to 35. He's got a legit. You, you have to mention John Lineker in the title discussion. You you just have to. Five. He's on a five fight winning streak. Three in a row. And five. I, I, you know, um, honestly, I, I don't think we can really ever put him in title contention because he can't because make the weight. Egg on, the egg on the UFC's face 
if he walks up there and he steps on the scale and he's 138 and all of a sudden you have a Fox card or a pay-per-view coming event, the title match just becomes a fight. And you have a guy like Dominic Cruz out there, and then what happens if he goes out there and beats Dominic Cruz? You know, he says he's he's beaten the champion, but he couldn't make the weight. He's not going to get that second shot probably because he like, he's just he's proven to be an inconsistent. I mean, uh, he's proven all fights in the UFC and five times he's almost missed weight fifty percent of his fights at one twenty five. He had combined. This if you if you if you go if you combine both, he's missed five times in twelve fights. I get that. I get that. But you can't. You can't really bring up... I mean, you can, obviously, but this is a different weight class. He missed weight at 25 four times. That's why they made him come up. And until this time, he really hadn't had any problems with making weight. He made weight clean every fight. He's won four fights in a row at... Or three fights in a row, I'm sorry, at 135. Four. Four. Four fights in a row, 135. This was the fourth one, yeah. Yeah, so he's got four fights in a row. You're already sitting at number three. You have to throw his name in the discussion. You, you you have to if you're gonna give Cody you know, if you're gonna I, give I Cody Garbrandt to do is you go you, you go Garbrandt and, and Lineker but who's Garbrandt beaten and you go you go TJ Dillashaw Cruz too I, I agree and that was what Garbrandt I proposed to the two of you in my opinion I but but everybody is champion for Garbrandt to get the title shot and I don't think he's necessarily earned it either he's had an impressive streak but really over what. His best win was the Almeida knockout, probably. Yeah, and I, th- I think the time was Almeida. Mitsugaki. But Mitsugaki had been knocked out before by people, and it and hasn't oh God, yeah. and hasn't been hasn't been on the the tear that he was on when even when Dominic Cruz KO'd him. Cody's yeah, ten, no, he, Cody's he ten and zero. I'll give him that. He's ten and zero. He's a tough kid, but you know his wins are over Marcus Brimage, Henry Briones, Augusto Mendez. Thomas Almeida and Takeo gets Mitsugaki. Um, out of those five, if you, if you were to look at it though, the last person to beat Marcus Brimage and demanded title shot was Conor McGregor, and he did it okay. Maybe there's something to it. Okay, let's not compare Mark or Cody Garbrandt <laughs> and Conor McGregor. Okay, uh, Mark Marcus Brimage had only won one fight out of his last five. One fight in the last three years. He hasn't, yeah, that, that argument at that point is moot. And the guy that I don't even think works for the company anymore. So, if he does, he shouldn't. Uh, I, don't, I don't get the, the champion for, for Garbrandt for the title shot. He's just the hot new name and the, whatever, that's fine. But you, yeah, can't, that's you have to have Lineker's name in the discussion. And like I had poised to you and you had said, I, I would be fine with a Garbrandt Lineker title eliminator and fun. give Dillashaw his title shot back. Yeah. And, that, and that would be fun. You, you like, uh, can imagine like, the, the, those two knockout artists going at it. That would be a, that'd be a fun coming event uh, on a Fox card. Well, you uh, know what? Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say if you wanted to, if you wanted to try and do like the champion and the number one contender fights, throw on a Fox card. And just have those two guys drawing, uh, drawing some views yeah. to that division. Just let them stand there and slug it out. Well, the thing that sucks the most about Dotson getting robbed is really you could you could have given Dot, uh, Garbrandt his title shot if Dotson would have won, and then you could have just done Dotson and, and Dillashaw too. Because that's a fight I want to see too. I want to see TJ get a chance yeah. to, to redeem himself from that Ultimate Fighter loss. 
Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was one that we, we talked about last week. Like, I think that it'd be really fun to see like where TD has gotten better because he looked he looked really he just looked really new in that fight, and for him to come back, win the belt, lose the belt, and kind of show like you know he is still getting better, and he's taking he be the guy that, that has fought a couple of times for heavyweight for the for the flyweight title. And has been a contender at the bantamweight division, and that's also you know going all the way back to to pre Bang Ludwig TJ. That's still Master Tom. Yeah. Who, <clears throat> if you guys if you haven't listened to the episode of, of uh, the JRE with with uh, Boss Root and Bang Ludwig and TJ Dillashaw, it's definitely worth a listen. There's a pretty hilarious story that uh, TJ shares about Master Tong um, and how Bang actually first cornered him because I can't remember what fight it was. Um, might have been the Sun South fight. But they're getting ready for the walkout. They're like 10 minutes away and nobody can find Master Tong. He's just... <laughs> M- he's MIA. He's, he's gone. So... <laughs> Bang's like, all right, man, I got, I got you. I'm gonna court. Well, they find him later, and they're like, where the fuck were you? He's like, oh, TJ, I, I, I go up to rafters to have cigarette, and then I get scared and can't come down. <laughs> what? Yeah, and then there's another story about how Master Tong made a assload of money. Betting against Uriah Faber. Oh man! Because he's got a support allegedly. And I have to say, allegedly, allegedly, he has a very bad gambling problem. But oh, really? Yeah, and I can't remember if it was Burrell. It might have been the second Burrell fight. Something. One of the fights he was going and injured, and of course, being his corner man, Master Tong knew this. It was in. He put a bet against him and cleaned wow. up, and then and then was bragging about it at some seminar he was oh, at in Texas, man. and that's how it got back. And then Uriah fired him, and then brought him back later for to corner him again. Probably after the falling out with with uh, Bang. But yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode, it's it's really fun because you kind of obviously we all know the relationship between Ludwig and, and Dillashaw, but you get a yeah. little more you get a little more insight into the relationship, the similar relationship that uh, Ludwig and, and TJ have as Boss and Dwayne have with each other because. Yeah. Uh, right, Dwayne, right. Dwayne was training with with Boss for a long time, and so yeah. it's it's a really good episode. There's some pretty funny stories that uh, you know Boss shares about about Dwayne when he was fighting and when he was when in his own career, and then these couple Master Tong stories and stuff. There, it's it's definitely worth. It's from a couple of weeks ago. It's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, let's move uh, since I got mad sidetracked. Any final thoughts on Dotson Lineker before we get going? Ryan. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward, you know, just that division now, just like you said, just gets murkier and murkier with every time a, a, a contender loses and another contender emerges. And we're going to have to, like, we, like, you know, we have three, four, five guys that are that can argue that they deserve a title shot against Cruz. And uh, it's going to be kind of interesting to see what the UFC does because it's coming up to almost five, six months since uh, Cruz defended that belt last. So, Right. That's Lineker's first loss outside of a title shot in a long time. Or not Lineker, I'm sorry, Dotson's first loss outside of a title shot in since she entered into the UFC. Yeah, since ever. First that's, non- that's his first non-title loss in yep. the UFC? First non-title loss in the UFC. 
He, uh, Jesus. He, yeah, impressive. And you can almost argue that Dodson could demand a title shot if you know if a uh, no more contender gets hurt and just throw his name in there because of that performance. You know, it, it it's a loss on paper, but it you know it was a a lot of people saw it as a win. Yeah, it definitely. I don't think it hurts Dotson much outside of no, the rankings. But it that's about it. anyway. But we know rankings don't matter for shit. So, <laughs> Dave, final thoughts? No, this was um, it was a hell of a test for Dotson to come up and have his first fight against you know John Lineker at this weight class, coming back to uh, weight class. Yeah, you know, uh, a second fight. Yeah, he beat the shit out of Manny. Oh, Manny, Manny, Manny. In yeah, like thirty Manny. seconds. Yeah. I, it was so quick. Everybody forgets about it because it barely one. happened. That was yeah. I forgot that he even had that fight with Manny. The only person that still remembers that fight really well is Manny Gambier, and that's because he has nightmares of those flying knees. <laughs> so I, this was you know even at a second foray into uh, one, returning to thirty five, having uh, Lineker as your opponent really. Uh, it's a tough straw to really draw. It's not going to hurt him that bad for taking. You know, he didn't get knocked out. He didn't get finished. He hung with them all five. Yep. You know, uh, it, he. In the eyes of many, won the fight. So I mean, I think he put on a good enough display where he can continue to move up and doesn't hurt him much at all. Uh, whereas Lineker, any victory at this point, when you're talking about as many victories as he has in a row, um, any victory is he has to have if he wants to continue on to get that. So I think both these guys really won in the long run. Um, so we'll see what happens with them. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to the co-main event, uh, Cowboy Alex Oliveira. Picks up the victory by third round TKO over Ill Will Brooks. Uh, fight itself, meh, not very impressive by either one. A lot of story, a lot of storyline coming out of this fight. Uh, biggest one being Oliveira being six pounds overweight when he stepped on the scale Friday. Uh, Brooks getting a pretty severe rib injury in the first round and just. Took him completely out of the fight from there. But still a really lackluster, even in a KO, it's a lackluster subpar performance on Alex Oliveira's part. Uh, 80 out of 102 total strikes. I, I got you guys there? Yeah, we're still here. Okay, I lost you guys there for a second. I'm just I'm just talking about uh, how unimpressive, even in a KO victory, uh, Oliveira was Saturday night. Um and then the, the, the post-fight after he knocks out Brooks, uh, stands up over the top of him, flicks his fingers under his chin the first time, and we all know that's a nice little international symbol for fuck you, crosses yep. him DX style, and then flips the fingers under the chin at him again. Brooks didn't really take too kindly to that. Um, they had to be separated before Will Brooks dropped back down onto the ground in agony. Um, he took his ribs took a pretty bad beating. I mean, he he came out of the stool in the first round and and said, "Look, I, I popped a rib." Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I even still, I mean, Brooks Brooks's performance obviously not great. Twenty nine total strikes, sixteen significant. He just got dominated on, uh, but still, just not a very good performance. I think in Alex Oliveira. And obviously the post-fight antics were horrible. Uh, Dave? What we've seen uh, in this fight was uh, uh, a Will Brooks that fought 
nearly all three rounds, uh, just getting finished with a, a minute and a half at the end there. He fought all three with a devastating injury. If you've never popped a rib out or broken a rib out, you can't breathe. Fucking sucks. You can't, you can't do any. Right. I mean, you can't um, grip anyone and hold on for a clinch. You can't. Any movement that you do hurts. You know, if it, if it hurts to breathe, you're not going to be able to do anything else. So we saw toughness out of him for continuing on. If the doctors knew how bad it actually was right away, they probably would have called it. Because a man, you really can you can barely defend yourself when you have a popped rib like that. Um, so his performance wasn't that great, but it wasn't because lack of skill. It wasn't because Alex Oliveira was that much better. It was all simply boiled down to this really bad injury that he sustained in the first round, and uh, subsequently he has been suspended indefinitely until he can get this thing taken care of because. Uh, if anyone knows that, you know, if you've ever had rib injury like that, if you uh, you have you're highly susceptible to pneumonia. Oh yeah, because you don't take deep breaths. Right, and you I've, don't right, cough. Right. I've done a lot of damage to my ribs yeah. too. I, I, uh, it's bad because like they tell you, they, the doctors will specifically tell you, look, every so many hours, or, you know, every hour, cough. so take cough. Yeah. Make sure you take deep breaths. Because otherwise, because you're breathing so shallow, it's right. you know, fluids easily to build up in your lungs. And exactly. So he's going to have a, a it's going to be a, a, a painful, it's going to be a tough, and it's going to be a very closely monitored road coming getting back to health. Um, with those kind of injuries, I think they're going to take you know keep the baby gloves on and, and kind of make sure that he doesn't do it the wrong way. Yeah, he's got it's, six you know, to eight weeks of health. Yeah, he's going. I mean, he's going to have to take that too, and and not try to force it and come out and, and try to work out too soon or hit anything too soon. So um, while Oliveira did get the victory, he was his after fight antics were low class. They were uncalled for. You came in overweight. You did everything wrong. You were unprofessional for that. You were unprofessional in your your stuff afterwards. There was nothing that I seen that made me want to see Oliver again. And because I don't want to see that kind of stuff in the cage. No, it was so. it was absolutely disgraceful. Ryan. Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything there that Dave said with the respects to Oliveira. Um, it's you know it's. Like, you're seeing a lot more and more. I find with some of these guys, like uh, Michael Johnson, you know, two weeks ago, whenever it was, when he beat Poirier, and, and you know, he was kind of celebrating, and everyone kind of jumped on him. You know, Oliver doing it. Um, I feel like these guys just need to get just knocked the fuck out. There's one, one, one good fight where they just get just beat down, so they kind of get set back, and they kind of realize where they are. Because, it, like... You can come into a fight overweight, and you know uh, I think that Will Brooks was right to to not want to stare him down because if you don't, it make, um, Will Brooks is like the epitome of a professional mixed martial artist, and he goes through everything he has to do to make one fifty five, and his opponent comes in, you know, weighing like a heavyweight, yeah, and it's disrespectful to him as a, as a fighter because now he, like you're looking at a huge advantage going into that fight. So he doesn't want to. See, he doesn't want to look at him, you know. But I feel that that's a very fair thing to do, and for Oliver to act that way after, you know, being the clown and I'm making weight is just it's it's not right. Um, I mean, and and the performance of Oliver, like like uh, to kind of reiterate what Dave said, 
it would have been a lot different if Will Brooks didn't get hurt in that first round. I think that that injury really just set the tone. It was just becoming uh, just becoming slower and slower and slower. It was just a matter of time before Brooks was going to get finished. Well, yeah, they, they spent a lot of time in the clinch, and that's where the injury happened in the first round, was clinched up against the fence. Took a, I don't know if it was a knee or a kick or... I think it was a knee. I think it was a knee, too. I think it was when they were clinched up and, and Cowboy caught him with a knee to the body. And it, uh, unless you've had any kind of rib injury, you don't understand how bad a, a physical contact sport like this is with it. Like, you know, football players, it, you can you can tape them... You pat them up. Pat them up, whatever, protect yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I had bruised ribs in high school as a wrestler, and that was fucking hell. Oh, man. And, I mean, you know, they try to, to take an ace bandage and wrap me up with that as tight as yeah. they can to they keep it. The but, cage. Yeah, but even that, you know, somebody sees that underneath your singlet, they're going for it. And obviously, he knew, Oliver knew every time he touched him, he would wince. Okay, this guy's hurt. Yeah. Time to go for yeah. it. So, I, uh,. I lost a, a lot of respect for Cowboy Oliveira going into that fight. Um, let's touch on one more before we go. This one, this Next one. Yeah. Can I say one last thing with that fight? Absolutely. One more One more thing to, to yeah, add. Yeah, yeah. So um, after you had listened uh, to last week's show, you commented to me and Dave how we didn't touch on that fight. Yeah. I just want to say that's how come we didn't because we knew what was going to happen. Shut up, Ryan. Shut up. Shut up. No. 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 I'm putting an end to your bullshit right now. Don't even try it. Well played, my friend. Well played. I knew that was going to Because you tried well. you tried that shit when I called you out on it too before the fight even happened. Nope. Nope. Not going to happen. Well done, well done, sir. <laughs> so, uh, we're, we're one more fight before we uh, move on to the preview for UFC 204. Uh, winning performance of the night and the first fight of the main card. Uh, Brandon Moreno coming in on short notice. Two weeks, I think, or less. Filling in for Sergio Pettis. Stepping in the cage. Coming in against the ninth ranked on a tear. Oh, Louis Smoka. Coming fresh off of still being a part of the Ultimate Fighter season, even though obviously they're done taping it, but Brandon was uh, was a member of this season's cast, and they needed a replacement, couldn't find anybody, and he stepped up on short notice and subs Louis Smoka in the first round with a, with a nasty guillotine. Nasty guillotine. And it, the win itself was a beautiful thing, but... Uh, I was happy to be able to be fortunate to see a feed of the fight uh, after the fight again, rewatching it from somewhere where you didn't have the commercial break. And when they pulled the commercial waiting to go to the official decision, he's just standing there waiting, talking to Bruce Buffer, and Bruce Buffer is giving him, you know, telling him how awesome that, that you know, great win, whatever. And just the pure jubilation and, and happiness and shock on his face, was, I thought was awesome. He's just standing there going, wow, man. Like, what the fuck? Wow. Just over yeah. and over again. And, and I thought that was really cool. This kid, you know, probably thinking already, losing on the Ultimate Fighter while, you know, my chances are probably done. Steps in on short notice against a guy he was a 5-1 to one underdog against and chokes him out in the first round. Good on him. Good, good win for Brandon Moreno. 
And uh, good start to you, your official UFC career. And I'm looking forward to watching Brandon fight again. Uh, Dave? Uh, it was shocking Very. to me to, to see this kid come out and, and catch Louis Smolka the way he did. Um, when we were watching it back, uh, there was uh, at one point I thought Smolka tapped. Um, I had a, it was a bad angle that we were watching it live from. And you, you seen him pulling his hand up, and it looked like he tapped from that angle. They reversed the, the angle, and you could see that he pulled his hand up uh, very lightly, maybe to try to to loosen up that grip. He, he didn't tap. Mergliata got it right. Um, but Moreno went in there when, when he, he seen and smelled blood. He went after it. He, he was patient for a young kid. He didn't overly chase it, but he stuck with it long enough to get the victory. Um, I think that showed a lot of poise on, on, on his behalf for, uh, for seeing where to go and continuing through it. Uh, Smolka, you know, you, you get caught, man. It's, it's, you know, Smolka's gonna, got knocked down in this one. He's going to have to try to get that back. But the kind of fighter he is, I, I think he will. Oh, yeah. Um, but great, great job by this young kid. I was very excited to see uh, the way he did that. And um, now I'm going to keep my eye on him. This is, you know, we mentioned these kind of fights a lot. We say, you know what, they're young kids. We don't know anything about them. Uh, then the next week we, we say, you know, now, now that's a star coming up. You know, this this kid's good. Right. You know, we're going to continue to watch him now. And that's what I got out of Brandon Moreno. Brian? Yeah, um, you know, obviously I, uh, there was uh, the shock value in that win. And uh, for me, I was, uh, you know, I, I was pulling for him. Uh, he would have been my upset pick uh, for the card. Um, watching tough um, and seeing how he performed because he was on the show. He's the youngest one, right? And he's, he went up and he went up against. I think because they're doing seatings, and he was either 15 or 16, so he was going up against number one or two more guy in the house, and it was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu ace, and he looked really smooth in the first round against this guy. So for like, when you see a 21 year old going uh, you know, with a lot of pressure against him in the Ultimate Fighter house, how calm and cool he looked, knowing that he might even not even have a career when the show's over. You know, when I saw that he had the chance in uh, you know actually in the UFC. I was actually pulling for him. I didn't think that he would get the win, but I was hoping he would. And yeah, like like Dave said, like they, everything that he did was was right. He got in there. He smelt the blood when he and he kept going, kept going, kept going. And you know, not a lot of cats can start their UFC career with a big win like him. And you know, hopefully from here he can just keep on going up and going up. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Uh, I'm actually glad that one of us is watching The Ultimate Fighter because I just couldn't. I've gotten back into I'm a, I'm a, I'm a junkie for that show. Man, I, it, it's, it's I like, was it's my MMA pleasure. <laughs> I was for the longest time. I lost interest somewhere in yeah, I don't know season 16 or 17. I can't. Who fucking knows? Came back when they uh, did Ronda and Misha. Stuck around for the last few seasons with uh, when they did the 115-pound girl tournament. And right, right. I even stuck it out with the Black Zillions and ATT. 
tried to watch Connor, Fort Connor with Uriah, but I couldn't even do it. I, I, I even made it through last season, but just haven't. There's nothing about the 125-pound division I can really get excited about because none of these guys are going to touch Mighty Mouse. It doesn't matter. I just don't watch TV. I mean, I, right? I, I watch. They, um, they, they, they said the same the thing, thing about Matt Sarah and George St. Pierre. Anyone can get tagged. Oh God! Yeah, even your precious <laughs> god of MMA. <laughs> even your precious GSP, your national effing hero. <laughs> I thought that hey, was Bret Hart. He's going to be on the hundred bill pretty soon. Where in Montreal? Oh, in Canada. The you guys have a hundred dollar bill? The loony yeah. go the loony goes that high? Oh yeah. That's a hundred loonies. You guys don't have like a coin for it like you do all your other bullshit money? No. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. I heard a not yet in there. <laughs> and you know, you can make fun of it, but when all of our money is in coin form. We're going to be looking like badasses walking around oh, with yeah, big old sacks of money like it's the wild, wild west, okay? Yeah, ask England how well that's working cases. out. Ask, yeah. ask England how that's working out, okay? Because <laughs> the British pound is so strong right now. Well, they shouldn't have voted to stay. Or uh, to leave, rather. So one final and note. You can get politics on this show. I know, we, 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 we got everything, man. One final <laughs> note about, uh, about fighting night Portland... It received the lowest rating for uh, Fight Night of 2016. Um, partially, I think, because of the time that it was on. Uh, it got buried thanks to college football and didn't have didn't even have an, anything until an 11 o'clock start time for the main card in the East Coast. So we were talking close to about a 1 a.m. finish. Uh, after a 1 a.m. finish for the main card. So that might have had a little something to do with it. It's college football season two. You can't start shit that late. Moving, no, you can't. moving on, we have ourselves a pay-per-view this weekend, boys. Uh, live from Manchester, England, it will be UFC 204. Michael Bisping defending his 185-pound title against the man who famously KO'd him back at UFC 100, Dan Hendo Henderson, which by all accounts is supposed to be Hendo's swan song. So we may have a first time where we have a champion crowned and retire in the same evening. We'll see what happens. Um, Obviously, the biggest... Uh, point to make mention of when it comes to the Henderson victory over Bisping. It was also in the prime of Henderson's TRT use. Yep. So, you know, things are a little bit different these days. Uh, Bisping has won how many fights in a row now? We can find that with the average Joe's computer. <laughs> <laughs> Bisbing's on a four-fight. He's on a four-fight winning streak since losing to Luke Rockhold back in 2014. And five of seven. Five of seven. All coming against guys. And how and how many losses does he have in his career to guys who were on uh, TRT at Three. the time too? Like, Three. Three. Three confirmed. 
Yeah, you know, there's been speculation about Tim Kennedy from time to time about being on something, but... Vanderlei, oh, yeah, right. Well, yeah, three confirmed Vitor. and then Vanderlei for sure. So, yeah, you had Vitor, oh, yeah. Sonnen, um, Hendo. Hendo, Hendo, Vitor, Sonnen, and then Vanderlei, which we know Vanderlei... So, and maybe Tim, and, and and maybe Tim that, Kennedy. That, that Wanderlei, no, uh, Vitor... Like literally blinded. Yeah, yeah, that was the fight that cost him his eye and almost cost him his career. He's fought nothing but roid monsters, really, and and his losses. And his losses outside of Rockhold and and Rashad Evans, really. Um, so a lot of people think that's going to be the same result. I don't. I'm not one of them. I don't think that. I anything can is possible. You he can hit that H bomb at any time. But I think Bisbing is just that much more of a smarter fighter since then. Hendo hasn't been able to put two wins in a row going all the way back Jeez. to 2011. When and that he, was strike force yeah, in the UFC. Yeah, and that was strike force into the UFC. The last time he, well, he, he had won, he won four in, a, four in a row dating back to 2010 debut in strike force. Oh, I'm sorry, second fight in strike force where he lost to Jake Shields. But uh, he beats. Uh, Babalu won against Cavacante to win the title, knocked out uh, Fedor, and then beat Mauricio Hua before coming back to the UFC, losing three in a row, and then beating Hua again. Wasn't wasn't both the Hua fights in the UFC? Oh yeah, sorry. Yep, I'm sorry. That was his first fight back. Was against Shogun. My bad. Beat Shogun twice. That was that epic 139 fight. Yep. Yeah, it was 139. Yeah. Yep, but then he lost three in a row to Lyoto, Rashad, and Vitor, respectively. Beat beat him again at a fight night in 2014. Then it, that was after the TRT thing. We saw him come back against Cormier, look like shit, and get ragdolled around. Uh, so that, that was the, power, just, the good old power slam. Yeah, the good old DC power slam. The WWE moves. <laughs> Oh, I loved it. Gegard Mousasi ragdolled him in the first round. He pulled out the upset against Bosch, loses again to Vitor, and then pulls a rabbit out of his ass against Lombard. I don't see, I don't see it happening. I think, I think Bisbing, I think Bisbing brutally beats the shit out of Dan Henderson to get back that win. Because if there's one win, one loss that he wants back that he hasn't been able to get, uh, he it's. It's this one. I mean, the man made that his logo is right. him in the air coming down to crack you as you're unconscious. So, I've got Bisbee. And, and that's a highlight that the UFC doesn't even show anymore because it was so brutal. Oh, they still show it. They still show it. Well, no, they freeze it. Like when, when it, like they show him knocked out and this is about to drop, they, they, they yeah. freeze the thing. Like they refuse. They, even the ultimate knockouts, they, they cut it out. I saw it in a hype... Did you see an video? I saw it in a hype I video see, from I the see, UFC the other day. I see it, but uh, I still—I was watching the one that I saw. Like the the, the Bisbee went down, and Hendo went to, well, as he's dropping down, and it just it ends so he, before he makes the contact. They, they freeze it just before contact's made. Yeah, I seen that one too. It's, I mean, it's just like a split second. And you see him coming down, and then just just flips to the next screen. You don't see the aftermath. I seen the one that he was talking about. I, I've seen the full contact, but I've seen the full contact. I mean, I've seen the full contact, obviously, but I've seen it yeah. in one of the hype videos because they want they oh, show okay. the, they show the forearm to the fucking jaw. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah. Um, so I like I said, I think Bisbing uh, KO second, third round, somewhere in there. I, this one doesn't go five. Definitely doesn't go five. Bisbing could even take him out in one. Who knows? It's in Manchester. He's gonna be on fire. So, Ryan. Yeah, this is one of those weird ones uh, I've talked about in the past. Um, I've become a Bisping fan a lot uh, over the past couple uh, couple years. Um, but as I've said, I love seeing guys who deserve the shot and deserve to win get that win. And I'd love to see Hendo get the belt. Uh, but the only concern I have is that he's saying he's going to walk away. Um, I would. I just don't want to see him win the belt and walk. And so for that reason, like I, I'm going to be taking Bisping. Uh, I think it's going to be mid to late first round going into the early second round. I, just, I think that the Bisping's boxing since he's um, uh, with a camp out in California that he's joined, uh, his striking has gotten better and better. I mean, he outboxed Anderson Silva. Uh, he made a fool of Luke Rockhold uh, on short notice. Uh, he, he just looked... He, he just looked like he's gotten better with age, and he's gotten better with the, with the only ability of like one and a half eyes. And I think that's the most remarkable thing is that being blind in one eye, he's still avoiding all the like a lot of the big damage that you would think he would be taking. Right, which was a major concern when he came back. Uh, definitely a major concern, but he's he's proved the doctors wrong. So, Dave. The only reason Dan Henderson is in this position is because of their first fight. Dan Henderson is not getting this title shot because of his merits alone. Uh, he's ranked 13. He's he's one and one, and you know he's not. He hasn't put together any victories. I mean, there's more, much more deserving people to be getting this title shot. So that being said, hold on to that thought. Okay. That being said, um, Hendo, uh, if this is going to be his last fight, and there's a lot of talk about it being, then he's earned it in that respect of getting to have this this fight. And Bisping, more than any other fight, wants it, so that's why we're going to see it happen. As for the outcome, I like Dan. I like Dan Anderson a lot. Uh, I like the history that he's put forth. I've enjoyed him for well over a decade, um, but he's going to get his bell rung well and hard, and it's going to be quick, and by mid-round two, he'll be asleep. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't see Hendo walking out of the cage that night with the belt, and if he does, there will be a riot in the yeah. streets of Manchester. <laughs> Anderson's not going to make it to the to the locker room if he wins that fight. No. I don't know, man. If he wins that fight, are you going to be ballsy enough to step in front of him? Because I'm not the one. I'm not the one either. I wouldn't, but uh, but if there's eighteen thousand of me, I would. <laughs> no. Yeah, but it's like it's like seven o'clock in the morning. They're either already pissed drunk or they're still half asleep. It's fine. <laughs> fair, fair enough. But I mean, come on, they're English. That's how they live. Dude, they I know, they, I know. They wake up, they drink, they fight. They Listen, wake, I mean, look at the, wait. Sorry, hold on. I, I was agreeing with your point, but I was, I was going to say, I was in England in 2002 when they went to the World Cup finals when they were in okay. Japan. 
Game started at 7 a.m. local time. Everybody was in a bar somewhere drinking beer. <laughs> and I wasn't even in London, dude. I was in I was in fucking some little town in Cornwall, which is in the South Shore. And the pub that's attached to the hotel I was in was packed. The pub around the corner was packed. <laughs> 7 o'clock in the morning, these guys watching soccer. Hammered. Hammered. Love it. Hammered. Love it. Kind of like Ryan. When his precious Packers. Are you guys, are you guys there? Yeah, we're, oh, yeah. we're just, I'm just here talking shit about oh, you. Sorry, I lost you guys there. That's fine. You'll catch my joke when you listen back to the show six times and you'll yell at me later. Oh, why bother? Because <laughs> you know it's not going to do any good. Yeah, exactly. We're all three um, on the... Yeah, all three sitting, picking... I, I want, sorry? No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so, uh, with what uh, Dave was saying about uh, what would happen if uh, if Henderson does win, uh, you know, I was just thinking, like, what would you guys think the UFC does? Do they do an immediate fight for a title or do they set up something like, because uh, the end of the year, uh, you have uh, Wyman Romero and you have Rockhold Souza. I'm glad you brought this up. Throws two interim title fights and then maybe like, like late February, early March or so, they just do a unification fight. I don't, well, I, I, I was actually going to save this for next week and see how this shit fall, shakes out. Either way, no matter who wins, you have a really screwed up situation because between those two fights, the winner of both of them, whether it's Weidman over Romero, my personal opinion, and Jacare over Rockhold, once again, my personal opinion, you have a really hard situation to justify who deserves the title. And it gets even cloudier if Romero beats Weidman and Rockhold beats Jacare because... All four of these gentlemen have a claim to this title. Weidman never got his rematch as a champ. Did, but got hurt. Never officially got to make the walk for the rematch. Rockhold never got a rematch as a title contender. Romero was in line to get the title shot against Rockhold until he got popped, which could eliminate him. That The UFC could use that as an elimination. It takes him down anyway. Right. Jacare was supposed to get the title shot that Bisbing ended up getting, but was hurt and couldn't take the fight. So you got a really screwed up situation. I don't necessarily think you have to go double. If if Henderson wins and he walks away, yes, you, you might have to do the two, two interim titles. I think you do a four-man tournament. Get, put them both. Yeah, put them both on the same pay-per-view. Well, this is one of those good problems to have because you have so much talent up there. That uh, if one of them gets hurt, yeah, of those four guys, Romero and Sosa and, yeah. and Weidman and Rockhold, let's say Rockhold gets hurt, you still got three viable contenders. Let's say Romero then pops again, you still got two viable contenders. You've got a lot of insurance up there where you could put any one of those four guys into a title picture right. if, if something were to happen with the belt. So it's it's not a bad problem to have. Well, but you know, there's because having too much talent's better than not enough. It's even worse if Henderson wins, though, because then you That's have the a fifth problem. person. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm saying though, because we we're just talking the four guys yeah. that are about to fight. But what about the champion that lost the belt? And what, and what if uh, what if Musasi beats Vitor, or when Musasi beats Vitor? Yeah, that, that will because I mean Musasi has a fair stake at the at the title. Uh, not sitting at number nine. Coming off of uh, uh, 
Well, I mean, the, the, he's all was up there. I mean, he's he's sitting at nine, but his last up, I mean, his last two wins are against Talis Latis and Tiago Santos. He's not in the well, conversation. Even being, yeah, he's, he's he's always one of those guys that's always well, if he beats Uriah Hall. Who knows where he's oh, at now? I absolutely agree with you, one hundred percent. He could. He's a guy that can go on like a real quick winning streak and, and throw his name in that hat too. Like the, the middleweight divisions, they, right? There's it, there's so many possibilities to do that. I feel like a, Hen, a Henderson win is probably one of the worst things that could happen for that division. Here's the problem, though, with and, I, and I'm with you. I agree with everything you said about Musasi. Can you bring uh, the rankings back up for me? Um, the from, I, I love Gegard. I am a huge Gegard fan. A champion. I champion the bell for Gegard. But there's four guys sitting in front of him that he just doesn't. Hang on, i got to bring him back up. Uh, I know Robert Whitaker's in front of him. So, you, yeah, you got Musasi at nine, Brunson at eight, Robert Whitaker at seven, Anderson Silva at six, and Vitor at five. Granted, yes, he beats Vitor, but I mean, everybody's beating Vitor, not named Dan Henderson in the last. It, it's, of years. A, it's amazing that Anderson still is ranked so high when he hasn't won in five straight fights. True. He's Anderson Silva. He's Anderson Silva, though. Yeah, but still, I mean, you, like, you don't win, you, you lose four, you test positive for one. Eventually, you just got to start taking that drug because he's not going to be getting a title shine anytime soon, I don't think. Yeah, lose four, lose four, and a no contest. Musasi did call him out today too. Called on Anderson. Yeah, he said after he's done with Vitor, he wants Anderson. See, even Gegard Musasi knows he's not in the title talk. So it's two. Let's not let's not add another cog. You beat Anderson, you're in the title shot. I will I will give him that if he beats Anderson. But I'm saying right now he even knows he's not in that title contention talk until after that. So. Let's just focus on the five guys that we got at the top right now. That's enough. Fine. <laughs> we got plenty up there to deal with. So since we already brought it up, let's quickly touch on this because right. it's only going to take about 30 seconds. Uh, Gegar Musasi defeats Vitor Belfort within the first two minutes. I'm done. Yeah, I was going to say three minutes. First round, Gegard Musasi takes him down, beats him up, wins. It's just whether he beats him faster than Jacare. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah, it. Seriously. There, there's no reason why Jockery took so long, so they're afraid to stop it and then restart it. Yeah, it's true. So we we don't even need to talk about it. There's nothing to say. Vitor's no. uh, done. He's done. TRT tour. You can fight for Jesus all you want. Jesus ain't gonna save you from the beating you're about to get. Dad bod. I mean, he's yeah. not, You know, you can tell if anyone that, that watches UFC watched it then, watched it now. I had no idea what TRT was. I had no idea what it did. Look at Vitor Belfort five years ago. Look at him today. That's what TRT does. He looks like Roy Nelson. <laughs> do, you, do you guys remember back when he was fighting Chris Weidman for the belt and he was saying that he got rid of TRT and replaced it with TNT? No. I mean, I yeah, just... he, he came out and he said that and at the time I laughed at him because it was such a ridiculous statement, but then it turns out he was he was actually accurate because... After he got off the TRT, he ended up blowing up his career. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, I just remember the I fight for Cheez-Its and Cheez-Us. So that's, that's, that's all. Anytime there's a Vitor fight going on with the guys that I watch the fights with, um, there's a lot of talk of Cheez-Us. 
That's with a C H. And, 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 and quick, uh, quick note. Uh, talking about, about Jesus, uh, Yoel Romero has come out and said that he now speaks proper English. So he's no so longer. So we will have for... also have no uh, uh, no for gay Jesus. Uh, that's all finished <laughs> as well now. Well, that's good. It's a I sad get, day for MMA. I get to sit across the couch from a huge Vitor Belfort fan. Oh, crybaby! Continue to mock him. Endlessly, <laughs> that is the highlight of the night for me. Oh yeah, wait. Because it's great. Because I'll be sitting there and I'll be throwing jabs at him, and all of a sudden you hear his phone go. <laughs> I'm just gonna say this. You'll hear his phone go, ding, <laughs> and he'll look down and he'll, and he'll say, "Son of a bitch, ding, god damn it, Jeff, shut up." Because you know, then now I'm ripping on him, sitting across from him. Jeff's texting him, ripping on him. I have been ripping on Everett about Vitor Belfort. <laughs> Vitor is getting his ass handed to him. Ever, ever, <laughs> ever so since fun. the day, ever since the day, years before the fight ever even happened, when he and I and his ugly twin brother, they're both ugly, were out to we're out to lunch, and Everett looking me in the face, screaming as loud as he can in the parking lot of this Mexican <laughs> restaurant about how Vitor Belfort was going to destroy Anderson Silva. The greatest thrill I ever got was the front kick to the face and being able to deliver that message. Just shut up. Just shut up. And so it's it's my lifelong thing to remind Everett that Vitor Belfort sucks and you are the only fan he still has. Best part of my night. And, and yet imagine if he was able to just lock in that armbar a little tighter on John Jones. God. Yeah. Yeah. But that was also... He was still pissing hot back then, too. Oh, 100%. Yeah, because remember they and fucking... They hit his yeah, goddamn drug test. John Jones, too. They hit the drug test on him. Yeah. Remember that it came out that he had tested positive for the pre-fight, and three years later it finally comes out the truth that he was fucking pissing red hot. And John Jones, his arm popped out of the socket, ligaments ripped, and he still beats him. And still beats him with one arm. Suck it. <laughs> uh, no cheetor. So this is this card really not a lot uh, of big names going on. Um, Stefan Struve is on there. Uh, there's a couple of guys. Who, the number one ranked new guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the guy who, who just walks into the company O and O and gets a ranking because heavyweight's a joke. But uh in the third the third fight of the main from the main event, uh number five Ovin St. Pru is taking on number eight Jimmy Manawa in in his I don't know what's gonna happen in this fight. This is gonna be a good fight of two dudes to just like to throw. Yeah, we're gonna see some knockouts. Not a lot of technicality. Not a lot of anything, just two guys that like to stand and bang. Uh, I'm taking OSP for the money. Um, isn't Jimmy Manoa from England? Why are they giving him... Yeah, he's a, yeah. I think they wanted to get some English names on the car. He's, a, he's, def- I'm, he's I'm listed... I'm 99% sure he's, he's fighting out of England. Yeah, he's, he's listed as fighting out of the USA, though. I guess he's training in Sacramento, probably with Team Alpha. They're probably going to say from Sacramento fighting out of this, you know. I hope so. By way of... Because, yeah, yeah. That's why I thought he was on this card, because he is English, but they're listing him as a United States fighter. I, I think OSP first round knockout. Um... I don't know what else Manawa really has to to hit OSP with that John Jones didn't already do. Right. So I got OSP first round finish. 
hammer fist on the ground. Calling my shot, Babe Ruth in this bitch. <laughs> Dave? Not much uh, of a... I don't have much uh, confidence in Manawak getting past OSP. I think uh, strikes are too much. Uh, are too. I mean, he doesn't have that much of a reach advantage, but he is. St- he's still. Uh, he's kind of a lanky fighter. Uh, almost has a, a John Jones type build. Not quite as long, but um, he uses that reach so got well. Got really long legs. Yeah, he, but, but he utilizes the reach so well. Yeah. And Vanna was more of a boxy fighter. He doesn't utilize his reach as much as shorter power strikes. Yep. So I think in the end that what's going to happen is uh, OSP is going to get the range and the timing down faster and knock him out. It's going to be OSP with his hand raised at the end of this one. Could not agree with you more. About you, my friend Ryan. Yeah, it's going to be a, be a clean sweep there uh, for OSP. Uh, I really did like uh, Manawa when he was first starting to come up in the UFC, uh, and then he had the the Gustafson fight, and that one really exposed him. I don't think he's really been the same fighter uh, since then. Uh, I, OSP, he looked good against John Jones, then they, even with the you know, against the arm break, and that kind of changed the uh, complexion of the of that fight. Uh, but I. I uh, I just don't see losing to John Jones and losing to Jimmy Manoa. I just don't see OSP going through that. I think it's going to be, like Dave said, find the range and then just get a good shot, get him against the cage, a couple, uh, a couple good shots, and just be a TKO finish. So we're all three yeah. for three on OSP. Yeah. Um, you done with, with OSP? <laughs> not really, but I'm gonna take him Come in this on, fight. Come on, you know me. Come on. I am not. I'm I'm more down with GSP than I am with OSP. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to do a little bit of naughty by nature. And Actually, I'm for me. I'm much more down with with MVP. <laughs> <laughs> and no, not the professional wrestler. I'm talking about Michael Venom Page. Uh. So before we get out of here, we've got a couple of news stories. The biggest one, I think, coming today. Well, earlier this week, it was announced that BJ Penn was injured and was not going to be able to fight in next week's fight card from the Philippines. Uh, to last night, news was breaking on Twitter. As I always tell you, if you're not following at Talk MMA, aka Diz on Twitter, or at Front Row Brian. What the hell are you doing with your life? Two of the best non-quote-unquote MMA journalists that have the best inside news and break scoops faster and better than anybody I know. I'd like to know who they know that, that does this, because they're great about not really revealing sources as well. So. Brian Brian just knows everybody now. Uh, this is just a guy from Indiana. He's, he's a three-hour, three, four-hour drive from where we're at here in Muskegon, so... I'm actually going to try to see if I can hook up and have a oh, beer be with cool. Diz. I'm going to be down there next month, so I'm going to tweet him out and see if I can get him to come to the show and buy him a beer. Um, see but, we'll call in or something. Yeah, too, oh, dude, know. that would be awesome. Yeah. Get him but, on this show, man. Get yeah. us some ratings. Absolutely. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do, man. Do your job. Yeah. I, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to tell the goddamn news story. Shut up. 
<laughs> so Diz started reporting <laughs> last night. Track, not us. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Diz started reporting last night that uh, reports coming out about the Philippine government uh, ordering drug tests, not only drug testing, but blood drug testing to every athlete that set foot into the Philippines for this fight card. Then later it comes out that it's not only just the athletes, but their cornermen, the production staff, and the UFC staff that will be attending. And anybody who tests hot for a recreational drug would have their passport confiscated immediately by the Filipino government and held on charges. Wow. So... The UFC kind of got lucky and had this uh, safety net of the BJ Penn injury and not being able to quote-unquote find a replacement. Well, you know, it's really hard to find a replacement when guys find out that they could potentially have their passport revoked and be in a Filipino jail. Yeah, I'm not really going to go... I'm not going to risk it. I'm not risking it for a freaking fight pass card that's on at 10 o'clock in the morning here. No. No. I'm good. I'm good. So, today, the UFC actually canceled the event, pinning it originally on the uh, the BJ Penn injury. Uh, later, it was found out that it was just that the fighters that would have been tested for recreational, but every single player that we said, the production crew and the backstage crew. So, uh, yeah... You're telling me the guys, like guys that are selling T-shirts or guys that are running cameras. I mean, one of the there's a few of those guys out there smoking weed. You know, there's a few of those oh, guys. Oh out my god, yeah, you know? for sure. Come on, give me a break. And, and now those guys are going to get tested. Um, this was kind of one of the most outlandish statements. I was about to actually yeah, touch that. Get so, that. Uh, Philippine President Rodrigo did something has made it a point to rid the Philippine of drug users, and he claimed he wanted to kill 3 million drug addicts. He likened himself to Adolf Hitler, saying if Germany had Hitler, the Philippines would have. While pointing to himself. The Philippines would have me. Yeah, the Philippines would have me. This guy is fucking crazy. Not, not worth it. Peace. Get the fuck out of there. I don't want to go to a place where, uh, even if they weren't doing this, the guy that likened himself to Adolf Hitler. Yeah, I'm not going to that country. You know, forget that. That's kind of hard. I'm good. And I'm German. Right. I'm not, but I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, there are how many how many leaders in the history of the world, and you're picking Hitler or Stalin taken. Hmm. This this is a this a horrible situation because um, as the UFC wants to continue to expand and continue to bring their amazing product into countries all over the world um, yeah this this is a big roadblock and um, it's it's the Filipino people that are that are losing out because Absolutely. they're not going to be able to get to view this fastest growing sport and uh, the most pure sport to me one-on-one you know, uh, they're not going to get to view that, and they're not only are they going to lose UFC, they're going to lose a lot of of other stuff, music and everything else, because they're not going to yeah. risk going into a situation right. like this. You know, you, you think the Rolling Stones are ever going to go there? Keith Richards hasn't passed a blood test since 1931. 
Yeah, heroin's the only thing keeping Keith Richards alive. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way, you know, this is, this is just the first step for the Philippines. And, and as the UFC continues to grow, they may come into other situations like this, but never to this extent. No, I don't think. I this, think is this is insane. The worst. This is worse than China. And we were they were able to get a, a, a fight card in China. Yeah. Ryan? Yeah, no. <laughs> it definitely does suck uh, for the Filipino people. I mean, when you're looking at something, one of their greatest exports is Manny Pacquiao. Oh, and and like, the country literally shuts down when he fights. And now you're going to try, like, they, they, they love their fighting. And now you're going to try and tell them that there's a good chance you're never going to get a chance to see a, a live fight because some jerkwad refuses to let a camera guy smoke a joint without him going to jail for life. Yeah. There's, like, there's going to be, like, the, the production team, uh, well, like, so many of them will, will refuse to go. You're gonna be looking at uh, possibly, like you had said, with like Cornerman refused to go. The fighters might just say, "You know what? I'm clean. I have nothing to worry about." But they're not gonna have a team with them, so you're gonna see a lot of fighters that just can't go uh, because of those situations. And yeah, like just to reiterate, we guys both said it's the people that are losing out. It's like you know, Dave said, the fastest growing sport. Uh, the Philippines is not necessarily a huge market, but it's big enough. Uh, uh, you know, any any country that you go to like once or twice in twenty years, every time you go there, it's going to be big for yeah, them. Exactly. I mean, they were able to get uh, in the Philippines the Uriah Faber Frankie Edgar fight. Who would have thought that twenty years ago that they would have like two superstars willing to step into the octagon at seven a.m. on a Saturday in the Philippines? Oh, it's been unheard of. But I that about we're that at now. Guys are willing to do it, and now we're looking at a chance where we might not see it happen, and it, it really sucks. They the, the thing is too is it's not really clarified. It just says recreational drugs. What do they consider a recreational drug? Is do they consider alcohol a recreational drug? I mean, no, probably marijuana, cocaine, heroin, anything. I, yeah. I, I would I'm think, sh- but it's not really. Specified. Yeah, they're not specifying, but I, I, that that's the way I took it is. It has to be anything that isn't government regulated, right? Yeah, and I'm sure they regulate alcohol pretty. I'm, I'm sure cigarettes and alcohol <coughs> are, are fine, but anything harder than that. Well, that's bad. What if? Uh, I mean, there could be some pharmaceuticals that some of the guys are on. The oh, I'm sure. Now. Unless you have a doctor's prescription and you test positive for any of the Norcos yeah. or something, you're done. You, you mistakenly yeah. you leave your script at home or something. I mean, there's just too much that could go wrong. And uh, I mean, yeah, I know, yeah. I know personally, I have zero desire to see the inside of an American prison. Yeah. So I really have even less desire to see the inside of a Filipino oh, prison. Man, no thanks. Good. Yeah, like you hear those stories of some of those international jails, and you know they talk about Panama and Turkey and and you know, the Philippines and the ones that like. Like they're the like the lowest of the low, or the, I guess I should say the highest of the high when it comes to danger. Like you walk in, and odds are you're not walking out. Right. Like you're not even, like, you're, not even like, you're not even surviving a day unless you have unless you're like an arrested mobster or something like that in the, in that country. That's the only way you have any kind of safety. Not worth it. I'll pass. Not at all. Uh, moving on to another news story. So it's been teased uh, after the. 
UFC 205 uh, finalization that Conor McGregor and Eddie Alvarez were going to fight last week, and you guys talked about the press conference. Shortly after that, there was a rumor going around that Dana, or what Dana Wade had teased that Conor McGregor had a major announcement to reveal after the fight, hinting that it came out of quote-unquote left field, and there's been a ton of speculation going on. Once again, our old man Diz uh, over at Talk MMA broke the story today that uh, the tweet says, heard from a source who spent about 15 minutes with McGregor and Dee, McGregor's girlfriend. Source said he's taking a, quote, year-ish off for their newborn. So, uh, there you have it, guys. Conor McGregor having a baby. Good uh, for him. Going to walk away as... Could walk away. Could be crowned hey, champion in two weight classes. In 2016 and the baby on the way. A plus year. All he needs is the two belts. Yeah, the two belts that he's going to get taken away from him five minutes later. <laughs> yeah. As he's walking out, Dana White says, "You know, sorry, I'm going to need those back now." Who are you going to give the forty-five pound belt to now that Jose wants out? Uh, do you? I was actually asking you guys that. Do you think that with Connor now making announcement, he's walking away, Man. that maybe Jose sticks around? No. Because I don't know. Now they they, they have I, now it would be guaranteed no interim. Now it's going to be for sure featherweight, and yeah. like, like he has a good chance of like there's a uh, he, you can throw him against uh, Pettis and have a real fun fight. No, no, Max, you got to throw him in there against Max, and he don't want that fight. If you if you skip Max and you give Anthony Pettis that fight, I'm going to blow oh up the UFCV offices. Because Pettis has said, one win. Seen it all happened before, though. We're deserving guys. I will go to door. I will go to Vegas and I will blow yeah. up the UFC's headquarters. But Ryan has a point, though. It's, it's happened all too many times. You cannot. No. Jeff Shanahan are strictly those of Jeff Shanahan and not of the average shows. That's right. Not be part of blowing up Vegas. I'm not blowing up Vegas. I'm just blowing up the UFC's offices. There's a difference. Sorry. 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 Anything bomb I did not threaten to take out a state. Are not a part of. I blame Ryan. I'm getting all the parts from Ryan Dempsey. He's sending them to me out of Canada. <laughs> He's sending me illegal parts out of Canada, man. Go after him, Mounties. Well, this, is, this is good news for Connor. I mean, you know, birth of their firstborn. You know, he's going to want to take some time off it. He's got the money. He's put in the work. So on and so forth. But if it's if this. Uh, Information, this is true, and 99% of the time it is. Um, you know, good for them. I'm happy for him. Um, he may make a mess out of the title picture for a while there in a couple divisions, but family is everything. And if he gets to start a new family, good on him. Mazel tov. Good things, Ryan. You know what? Like, uh, um, money aside or not, like, you know, if he makes $40 million or if he makes 32000 it doesn't matter. It's, it's a really amazing... Uh, especially this day and age, to see uh, a man actually saying, you know, my girlfriend or my wife is pregnant, and I'm taking a year off to, to be there. I mean, that's something that you don't really hear that often, especially from athletes. Right. Uh, so for him to say that, uh, that I mean, I don't know, for me, with the, you know, with the masculine child on the way, it kind of warms my heart to hear someone actually willing to say that they're going to be taking time off to help their family grow. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if the story is confirmed, nothing but great things and positive vibes for Conor McGregor and his family. Happy for you, man. Yeah. 
Imagine the trash talk Connor would give to all the coaches and referees and parents at that kid's uh, sporting <laughs> events when he's growing up. He's gonna be a loud parent. So <laughs> before we Sorry, move, Mr. McGregor, we're gonna have to ask you to leave. <laughs> Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> so before we move forward to our last news story, I, I would just like to point out to. Uh, any governing agencies and bodies that may be listening to the show, uh, take a look at Mr. Dempsey's last name. I'm not saying that the guy has ties to the IRA, but that may be where I'm getting my supplies at. I'm not saying that he doesn't. I'm not saying he doesn't either. Um, we also have ties to, to glory if you look at Mr. Jack Dempsey. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. All I can say is that... Uh, is that uh, Conlin, which is my mom's last name, we were once tied to the IRA until we were actually proven to be completely innocent, so it's all yeah. good. Yeah, sure, sure. OJ was acquitted once, too. <laughs> yeah, but he made the mistake the second time. I learned from my mistakes. <laughs> all right, so let's wrap this up real quick on a sad note. Uh it's, it's always tough when we have to discuss uh, uh, the passing of a fighter, but uh, earlier this week, Josh Salmon, who made his professional debut in 2007, uh, and then later made his UFC, was known in the UFC for being a part of the Ultimate Fighter Team Jones versus Team Sonnen in 2013. Uh, well-documented battle with addiction that Josh had, uh and finding his way back to the pinnacle of mixed martial arts. He's got notable wins over Kevin Casey and Cal Megaleus and Eddie Gordon. Um, his, he last fought at UFC 91, McDonald versus Lineker, where he was stopped by Tim Bosch in the second round. Yeah, I said UFC 91, I'm sorry, Fight Night 91. Uh, Josh was... Where was I? How did they end up in the hospital? I can't remember the. Uh... What's that? I was trying. He was so yeah. That's right. I was trying to remember how that all started. He was found unresponsive in his apartment, uh, along with a friend who was deceased. So uh... the friend died. Was pronounced. You know, same. It was the same deal. They yep. Were, uh, it was an overdose of heroin. And then he had. Uh, yeah. It, 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 you know. It, 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 the worst part is that, it, that they're, they're saying that, uh, that it'll probably never be confirmed what the actual cause of death was because uh, anything that by the time they do an autopsy, any toxin in his body will have actually run its course. Yeah, because yeah. he was in the in the in the medically induced coma for for I think it was seven days from like that or six he was, six uh, or seven yeah. for seven days or nine days or something. Yeah. So they, they they are hoping to find a cause, but it's really unknown. I guess they should be able to find evidence in the room um, where they can, you know, maybe you can't have a precise diagnosis, but you know, if you find bags with heroin residue or you know needles or something, yeah. you'll, you'll be able to, you know, take hair and find, you know, there, there's ways to find. Maybe you don't know precisely, but you can get a really good idea of, of what happened and. You know, the, the man was only 28 years old, battled with addiction, and, you know, it got the better of him. Yeah. Yeah, he, you know, it's, the whole thing really is tragic from the beginning, um, after the ultimate fighter, and he wins his first fight, and then 
he's texting his girlfriend and she doesn't respond to one of his texts. And then he finds out that while she was testing him back, she crashed her car and died. And he was in the midst of an injury layoff. And then, you know, he came back and looked like he had gotten everything kind of back on track. And he had a couple wins. And then he had lost maybe two losses. And, and then, yeah, and then he had signed his... They, they just put his last Instagram post, I guess, was him signing his next UFC contract. And then three, four days later... You know, no one's heard from him, and they find him unconscious in, in his room, and now they were here, we are now today. Uh, such a sad, I mean, 28 years old, sad thing. Our, our our thoughts, prayers, condolences go to Josh's family, his teammates, um, anyone out there hurting over the loss of Josh Salmon. It was, uh, I saw a lot of lot of fighters affected by this on, on social media, uh, a lot of guys that were we're close with him, so. Let's... He was a guy, uh, to, just to go off for that, he, um, there was a lot of guys who said that they never really got to talk to him, but they were fighting on the same card, and just, they, they may have talked to him for like a grand total of five minutes, and, and like in the three, four years that he was in the UFC, in those five minutes, they never met a more stand-up guy, and that kind of, that says a lot in that sport. Absolutely. Yeah, very much so. Absolutely, it's a sad way to end the show, but you know these these things happen. Um, once again, our condolences to Josh's family, friends, and teammates. Uh, that's gonna about wrap it up for us tonight. Uh, let's go ahead and get our final thoughts before we go, Dave. Uh, you know, it's two hundred four is coming up this weekend, but it's vastly overshadowed by two hundred five. Two hundred five is such a quality card from top to bottom. It's uh, that's going to be outstanding, and you know we, we've got some, but we have some good stuff this weekend. So try not to let the the aura of Conor McGregor and two hundred five overtake that, and you know try to enjoy this one for what it is. But I think we're all kind of looking ahead to two hundred five. I'm looking ahead to fight night Dos Anjos and Ferguson oh, first, the, but the fifth is that it? Yeah, um, yeah. But two hundred five is such a uh, you know it's such a Huge card. I know. I was just trying to bullshit. <laughs> uh, how can you not be looking forward to UFC 205? It's it the greatest. Up. It's the greatest card of all time. Oh man! But you know we're gonna have some good stuff this week. As long as so everyone stays healthy. Just try to you know get to enjoy Bisping and, and Hendo. You better not come over now, Jeff. I already did. <laughs> I already did. Did it again. We're good. There we go. Uh, Ryan, final thoughts. Um, yeah, I just want to say uh, to all the Canadian listeners, happy Thanksgiving this weekend, and uh, hopefully we can all celebrate here in Canada with the Toronto Blue Jays um, losing, and, you know, that's about it. Go Red Sox. Oh, God. Ugh. I'll be so happy you know when, I will be so happy when baseball is over and I don't have to see any more of your big poppy love. Hey. You know, you say that now, but if Boston wins the World Series, little Poppy Dempsey's on the way. <laughs> Listen, there is no way in hell your wife is letting you name your child Poppy Dempsey. <laughs> I don't know your wife at all, but I, I I have a really good feeling there is no way in hell your wife is letting you name your child little Poppy Dempsey. She was crazy enough to marry me. Well, I mean, yeah. we never said she was sane, but... And, and, and that's that's actually a good thing we we should 
we've talked about before when you guys first found out that you were having the child oh, yeah. uh, shortly after we first brought you on the show. Now we can share the good news that you are having yourself a, a prince. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's it's an exciting time. You know, I, I have the I have the little girl right now and I'm gonna have the little boy, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun dynamic for me to get used to and if he's anything like me, I'm screwed for the next twenty years. Your poor your poor wife. <laughs> when is the expected due date, Ryan? Uh, February 22nd. Not too far away. 20 years? What, you're not going to kick the kid out at 18? Tell him to go to university and get his shit together? Okay, fine. We'll, we'll say 18 and a half because i got to get to his birth. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and... Uh, wishes, guys. Much appreciated. Absolutely, man. We are we are very much very happy for you, the wife, your family. It's, uh, it's a beautiful I, I, thing. I was thinking, um, you know, possibly... Uh, the name Joseph, and making sure that he doesn't achieve too much so that he will be an average Joe. Ooh. Ooh, average Joe Dempsey. I like it. That's That's awesome. Awesome. Like I like that. it. That's got a nice little ring to it. He would be the, the world's most average MMA fighter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that... But, he that... Will, but he'll know when Paul Harris jumped on top of the cage against Dan Miller. Oh, my God. Ugh, you. You and your just random bullshit. You and your your random bullshit. It's so, like keeping around, we all know it. It's true that, and you, you make it easy for me to talk shit to you. <laughs> I get that way too much from a lot of people. But I only, as I tell you, I only kid because I love. It's well, not, I say like. Love's a strong word for us right now. We're still eh, in early stages. Eh, I don't know how much I like you, but there's a lot of my relatives I don't... <laughs> I have a lot of relatives I don't like, but I still love them. So it's kind of like one of those fair things. Enough, fair enough. There you go. <laughs> I gotta say, so for if my ever, if I ever need a kidney, I can call you then. Uh, you know, I don't know how much you really want my kidneys or any of my internal <laughs> organs. Like it's stone. You could probably have one of my lungs. They're still in pretty good order. They're just kind of resined up with THC, the but good stuff. yeah, it's got the smoke. good stuff on it. There's no nicotine in there, so should be fine. <laughs> Should be oh, just man. fine. So, uh, my final thoughts. Uh, you guys, uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, I thought you both did a good job holding it down last week. Um, I missed being on, listened back, and was very proud of the job you guys did. Um, Ryan, you didn't overtalk Dave too much, which was great. Dave, I thought you did a great job dictating the pace and, and keeping things under control, and I couldn't have been more proud of you boys being holding it down. But have no fear, Daddy is home, so... For David Van Bogen and Ryan Dempsey, once again, thank you guys for always listening to the Average Joe's MMA show. Hit up the Facebook page and keep an eye on for breaking news in between. And we will be back next week with our 40th episode where we break down UFC 204 and have no preview card because the Filipino government is full of shit. So we're going to bring back one of our uh, one of our personal, Dave and I's personal favorites, and Ryan will be here his first time. Uh, we're going to have a topic discussion next week, so make sure you guys come back and check that out. For David Van Bogen, Rand Ryan Dempsey, I'm Jeff Shannon. Thank you guys for listening.